0: Angela Johnson has recorded multiple stand-up specials, but her character Bon Cui, Cui is even more popular than her stand-up is. Her initial appearance on Mad TV in 2007, Ripped to YouTube, now has more than 70 million views. Bon Cui, Cui put out a record with a few music videos, which has now led to a full concert tour. Would you believe her nail salon bit, which has more than 60 million views so far, was one of her very first jokes? Before she ever told a joke, though, Johnson already had performed at the Super Bowl as a member of the Oakland Raiderettes cheerleading squad, and appeared in multiple episodes of Friends as a regular customer of Central Perk. She talked to me from her Bon Cui, Cui tour bus before performing to a sold-out theater at the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin. So let's get to it! Angela, Johnson.
1: Heyo! <laughs> <laughs> you just ran over here. Like, are you okay?
0: I'm. I'm great. It's all about momentum for me. Yeah. If I did not come here straight from the airport to you, I might have checked into my hotel or my Airbnb and then Slept. sat. Yeah. Took, Slept a nap through and all then, the shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you work on momentum?
1: Yes, I think. The funny thing is I don't like to be stressed out, but I feel like I work better when um, there's pressure on me. Like um, I can go... So long without writing new material. Right. And it's terrible. Like, I feel like, oh, I don't have anything to talk about. I don't, I don't have anything to say right now. Whatever. Months will go by. And then next thing you know, I come to a city where I realize that the hour that I'm doing, I've already done a lot of this material in this city. So I'm like, oh crap, I can't do the same stuff. Right. And I will cram like the night before, a couple days before, I'll just write a bunch of stuff. And then I'll just go on stage and I'll try a bunch of new stuff within the old things. Um, But a lot of it ends up working. So I feel like I work better when I cram, when I have pressure on me, when I need it to be done.
0: Do you procrastinate in other areas of your life?
1: All areas of my life, I think.
0: I hear you. Yeah. I just did my taxes on the 18th. (laughs) The Um, afternoon of the 18th. I woke up that morning and I said, how did I not do my taxes?
1: You started adding up receipts. You brought out the calculator.
0: I went through, well, Gmail is great about keeping archives of anything, any transaction. So
1: So. that's how you did your taxes, was through Gmail?
0: Gmail, well, not Google, TurboTax.
1: Oh, TurboTax. Oh, okay. But to
0: find out where I spent all my money. I was like, wow,
1: Gmail does everything now. Google Docs. (laughs) They do. Emails, taxes. Wow. So
0: So. I was just recording an episode with Crystal Alonzo.
1: Cristella. And your name came up. Oh, let's talk be- about her name. Because <laughs> she said you guys text yeah. quite often. We're, we're text friends. Yeah. I, I It's funny because um, Fortune Feemster and I used to call each other texty mm-hmm. because on text message, we're like best friends. But we never see each other in person. <laughs> we never share a phone call with each other. We never hang out. But on text message, we're, we're like texties. And that's kind of like me and Christella. We never see each other, mm-hmm. but on text message, we have all the love in the world for each other.
0: What's the secret to having a good text f- friend, a texty?
1: You know, keeping it real um, and we're funny. so we're she's funny with me, I'm funny with her. And then we just share like real life stuff. We know we're going through the same things on the road being females too, you know? And I think I recently developed a, a good relationship with Eliza as well. Um, where we text each other and I think it started with like, I would just, I was stalking her on Instagram and I was like leaving her comments and stuff. And then I ran into her at the improv and I was like, give me your phone number. And then I just started like texting her. She was texting me. And so now we're texties.
0: What's the last, uh, text you got from one of your, comedy bffs that surprised you uh
1: well eliza just texted me yesterday or two days ago was like what the f you have a tour bus <laughs> i don't typically travel with a tour bus when i just do my stand-up but because i'm traveling with the bon Quique show right that's why we have a tour bus because i have 14 people i have a whole crew of people a band dancers we have a whole box truck that follows us with all our equipment. It's a lot. It's a big production.
0: When you were a small child, is this what you dreamed? No. Did you did you realize a tour bus and a 14-person
1: Never might
0: be part of your life?
1: I never would have thought that. No. I I think growing up was so weird. I wanted to be like a lawyer and I wanted what's this is what I wanted. This is so crazy. I didn't have anything specific in mind. I mm-hmm. just knew I wanted a desk. And I wanted a telephone on my desk, and I wanted paperwork everywhere. And even when I would just play for pretend, you know, growing mm-hmm. up, I was always answering a, a business phone call and being stressed out going through papers. I have to work. Like, that's what I would dream of when I was a kid. and We were playing. It was, I don't know what I did, but I was always stressed out at work.
0: What put that visual in your head?
1: Movies. Movies and TV show? And I think that's why I wanted to be an actress because I always wanted to be so many different things. I wanted to be a lawyer. I want, But I don't think I really wanted to be right. a lawyer. I think I just wanted a desk and lawyers sit at desks in movies.
0: Right. I don't when, know. when they're not standing in a courtroom.
1: Yeah, when they're not standing in the courtroom. I never even wanted to be that kind of lawyer. I just wanted a desk <laughs> so, is, so I could be stressed out with paperwork. Which is <laughs> I being stressed.
0: Which is strange because you're more the courtroom lawyer
1: i know i know
0: playing to the jury i
1: always and then i want i went through a phase i wanted to be a teacher Mm -hmm. i wanted to be run a daycare i want like all kinds of different things but i think really i just wanted to be an actress because i wanted to be play all these things at some point in my life right and then move on to the next
0: so at what age did you decide to pursue the acting
1: um high school college I think high school, my senior year... I First of all, I went to so many different schools. I was not a good kid in high school. I barely graduated high school. Um, I probably wasn't supposed to graduate, but they just let me. Um, and my, I went to junior college after, and I took a drama class there just because I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was just going to junior college because that's what you do after high school right. um, if you're not like a smart kid going to actual university. Um, and I went to junior college. I took this acting class, and I... I would go to the movies, and I couldn't really enjoy the movie because I was just mad that I wasn't in it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I would be watching the movie, and I would just be like, I could do that. If somebody just told me how to do it, I could probably do that, right? But I live in San Jose. There's no agents in San Jose. There's nothing, no movies filming there. And, um... I, I ended I mean, up. you're uh, close to
0: Silicon Valley, but. That's well, yeah, not that's Silicon
1: Valley. So there's San Francisco, and they do like commercials and modeling stuff in San Francisco. Right. And at the time when right. I was yep, doing it, right. But
0: that's that's on the other side of Silicon Valley.
1: Yeah, it's 45 minutes away yeah. from my house. And I did try. I drove out there one time, mm-hmm. and I went to try to get an agent there, and then I got scammed. It wasn't even like a real agency. It was like a scam. It was like, give us your money, and we'll make you famous, type thing.
0: Right. Um, How long did it take you to figure that out?
1: I went to their first little meeting and was like, oh, this is a scam. Never mind. Bye. And then I left. I didn't sign up. I didn't give them my money. I was like, oh, I see right through you. No, thank you. Girl, bye (laughs) is what I said. I said bye, Felicia, before (laughs) bye, Felicia was a thing. (laughs) And I left. Okay. So I I cheered for the Oakland Raiders.
0: Right, which is not something, an act. Does. Well, here's the thing. This That's is why, not the typical path.
1: Well, this is why I tried out. I, My friend, um, she was like, hey, I'm a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. You should come try out. Well, I was at this place in my life where I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I wanted to be an actress. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go try out for the Oakland Raiders. And if I make the squad, I'll do it for one year, and then I'll move to L.A., to Hollywood, and I'll pursue my dreams, and I'll try to be an actress, right? Because at first, that I, it wasn't even really a dream that I would say out loud to people. Oh, I want to be an actress. I wouldn't. I was too embarrassed to even say that. It was like I so far fetched. I might as well say I want to be a princess. Like that's how far fetched it was. So I'm like, no, that's embarrassing. I'm not going to tell people I want to be an actress. Well, then when my friend invited me to try out, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it. I'm going to try out. And if I make the squad, I'll move to L.A. And I'll, and I'll pursue my dreams. And I had a friend who had already moved to L.A. She was doing, like, commercials and music videos and things like that. Right. And she was like, yeah, if you come out here, I'll help you get started. I'll help show you the ropes. So now I had two people that were like, hey, come try this. Hey, come try it. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to do it. So I tried out for the the Oakland Raiders. And I ended up making the squad. And I remember when I made the squad, I wasn't, like, overjoyed, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. This is crazy. It was more like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be an actress because this was my sign that I wanted, you know?
0: Right. It's not like you had a huge dance desire.
1: No, I didn't. Out of all the
0: things you mentioned to me in your childhood, dancing was not one of them.
1: It was my dream to be an actress. And this was (laughs) a, a lawyer who just had a stressful desk and... An actress. So right. I cheered for one year. We went to the Super Bowl that year. It was like the best year to pick to be a cheerleader for the Oakland Raiders. Definitely. And then I came home from the Super Bowl the very next week, and I packed up my bags, and I moved to Hollywood. And I've been there for 13 years now. Started from the ground up as an extra.
0: So before that, so when you're performing as a cheerleader, Raiderette. Yes. As you went
1: Yes. Were. Raiderette, please. Thank you.
0: I mean, you're, per- you're still performing... To 80,000 people.
1: Oh, yeah. That was my introduction to performing, for sure. I mean, I had to learn how to take pictures with people, you know, because we're like a public figure now, and people stop us and want to take pictures. We did a photo shoot for a calendar. I had to learn how to sign an autograph. I'd never... Why would I have an autograph? People don't ask me for an autograph. I'm not famous, but now I'm this cheerleader for the Raiders, and they want me to sign their Raider hat. They want me to sign their jersey and things like that. So I had to learn... I had to learn how to sign an autograph. It was it was my beginning introduction to entertainment. So
0: that first game? Exhibition game or regular season game?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. We did we did preseason games, yeah.
0: Did it feel different the first preseason game versus the first regular season game for you? Well, I had or- never
1: been to a professional football game. The first time I've been to a professional football mm-hmm. game, I was on the field. So I had no like I couldn't compare it to anything. It was like my first time in an actual football stadium. I was a cheerleader on the field.
0: Did you have any nerves or anxiety about
1: Um, I'm sure I probably did, but um it was just so fun. It was such a fun experience. It was it was exhilarating. So, yeah, there were nerves, but it was too fun.
0: Because you I mean, you need to l- learn choreographed routines, but you don't need to Memorize any speeches or anything?
1: No, no. But I was—I I mean, I wasn't even a trained dancer. I—I che- I was a cheerleader since I was eight years old. I okay. was a cheerleader, um, but like competitively, and this was more like sexy, fun, pretty dancing. Right. You know. So I definitely had to learn a lot. But it was like fake it till you make it. That was my motto. Like just fake it till—I didn't know what a pirouette was, and I had to do like, you know, five, six, seven, eight pirouette. One, two, three. I'm like, okay, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> But Vegas, how you make it? And I made it.
0: So, you're performing at the Super Bowl.
1: Oh yeah, it was amazing. It was amazing and embarrassing I mean, all in the same. Because we lost essentially by like 40 on the
0: same Level as Beyonce.
1: I am Beyonce of. But the you hadn't even world. been to Hollywood yet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, su- pe- yeah. You
0: were in the Super Bowl before you ever told a joke. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's crazy. I mean, a lot of people do call me Beyonce. And by a lot of people, I mean nobody ever right. calls me Beyonce. But so, thank you for the comparison.
0: But is that what gave you the the confidence to, at the end of the season, follow through with your plan and to say, I'm going to Hollywood and I'm going to make it?
1: I didn't even need that. No, it was as soon as they said, you made the squad, you're... You're going to be a Raiderette. Mm-hmm. I was like, great. I'm going to be an actress. And that's why as soon as I got home from the Super Bowl, I packed in my bag. I put in my little station wagon and I drove to Hollywood. And I said, I'm going to do this. And I was an extra. That's how I started.
0: What was your What was your plan when you got to L.A.? Did you have friends there?
1: I had one friend, Sandra, and she was like, I'll help you get started. And um,
0: Did she, you live with her?
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I kind of bounced around mm-hmm. a little bit. But Sandra... Was like, go to the central casting agency and they cast extras on TV. And she was like, I want you to ask for this certain person, okay? And I want you to bring a plate of cookies and your Raider at Headshot. And I want you to give him that and tell him you're new in town and you want to be an extra. And she's like, there's going to be a line of people waiting to sign up to be an extra. I don't want you to wait in line. You just go up to the front window Mm -hmm. and you ask for this person and you just give him that and you leave. And I said, okay. Right. So I go there to this place with my plate of cookies and my Raider at headshot. And I pass by all these people in line. How many I'm,
0: people were in line? Do you think?
1: Oh my God. It was out the door down the street. Mm-hmm. And so I go up to the front and I ask for this certain guy to come out and I feel stupid already. Like I'm bringing cookies <laughs> and a sexy headshot. Like I, I'm, I'm that girl right. trying to buy her way in. You know, I'm like, it's okay. Like
0: you could be from the Midwest, not San Jose.
1: Yeah. Who who am I? Okay. Hi. I brought you some cookies. <laughs> These are for you. I hope you like chocolate chip. Put some raisins in there. No. Is that so, the kind of cookies you brought? N- no, I don't know. I went to like Safeway or okay. whatever it is in uh-huh. LA, Ralphs. I went to Ralphs yeah. and I just bought cookies and I was like, okay, here. Anyways, yeah. so this guy comes walking out from the back and he's wearing a Raiders hat.
0: Oh, (laughs) and I was
1: like ding that's why she said to do this right so Mm -hmm. I gave her I gave him the cookies and I gave him my Raider headshot and immediately he was like oh no way Raiders oh cool whatever we had like a little conversation I leave and two days later he calls me he says hey do you want to be an extra on Friends and that was my favorite show and that was the show at the time and I was like heck yeah and so it was like immediate bypass of all kinds of things to be on one of the best shows on TV as an extra, and that's how I started. I was an extra.
0: So you went from the Super Bowl to Friends, which I believe aired after the Super Bowl one year. Oh, did it? Yeah.
1: I, I don't know. I wasn't there, I was at the Super Bowl, so I wouldn't know. What do you remember <laughs> that what do you
0: remember that episode of Friends?
1: I was on Friends for two years. How, Season nine and ten. I was an extra. I was a many? regular coffee house extra.
0: Oh, it's, it's Central Park?
1: Yeah, I was in Central Park. That was my jam. In the Friends series book finale, Mm -hmm. um, you can see a picture of me in the background, like I'm drinking coffee in the background in their series book. So
0: you were good friends with Gunther? Gunther. Gunther. (laughs) Gunther.
1: Yeah, no, it was so cool. I got to, like, meet everybody, Mm -hmm. and um, the assistant assistant director on the show brought me on to his next show and next show, and that's kind of how I worked my way up.
0: At what point did you decide being... A background extra wasn't...
1: Was not my dream? Was not fulfilling enough (laughs) that you needed to
0: be front and center.
1: Well, let me tell you, it was pretty fulfilling because I was starving, and they feed you when you're an extra. So I was a starving wannabe actor and I was getting paid my extras day wages and I would go to craft service and I would take home extra food. I would put it in my bag and I would take it home and that's how I would eat. So it was very fulfilling for a long time. Um, but I worked my way up from there being an extra. The assistant director brought me on his next show as a stand-in. Mm-hmm. And then while I was a stand-in, they ended up giving me my first speaking role on the show. And so that's how I got my first speaking role. It was their final episode of the whole series. It was getting canceled after that. And it was the final episode. And I got to say, like, three words. Wait, Friends? No no, wait, no, 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 no. Uh, on his it? next show. It was um, called Love, Inc. on UPN. Okay. And that was my first speaking role. I flew my mom my sister out. They were so proud to hear me say three words on TV. Well, it's exciting. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so exciting. It was so cool. I was—I made it. They were on a real like right. TV lot with different sound stages and live studio audience, cameras, lights. And I got to walk on and say, I forgot what I said, something about deodorant, and then walk off.
0: And you still hadn't done stand-up yet?
1: No. While I was a stand-in, I was taking... A free joke writing stand-up comedy class while I was a stand-in on that show.
0: Where was this class? At a church. Okay. Which
1: is where you
0: go to learn comedy. Right? Doesn't...
1: No, everyone didn't start at (laughs) church. That's weird. Huh. Yeah. So I took a free joke writing stand-up class at a church on Tuesday nights. And it lasted like a month or two. Mm -hmm. And then after... At the like our graduation of the class, we had to perform in a real comedy club. That was our graduation.
0: For a second, I thought you were going to say you performed the sermon.
1: No, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) no, we (laughs) we had to punch (laughs) up the pastor's (laughs) sermon, is what it was. The ten minute
0: monologue (laughs) is the sermon.
1: (laughs) No, yeah, our duty was to punch up pastors' um, monologue. We had to perform at a real comedy club. It was a bringer show. You know, everybody bring ten people. And um,
0: what comedy club was that?
1: It was do you know they don't even have it anymore but the Queen Mary in Long Beach the ship yeah out there. they
0: did a season of Last Comic Standing on the Queen Mary
1: Okay so yeah there and they used to have the comedy club there but yeah. they don't have it anymore that I know of Right I don't know but yeah so that's where that was my first show
0: And how long did it take you after that graduation show to decide to start hitting open mics and
1: Well this nail salon joke is one of the first jokes that I ever wrote That was my closer at my graduation ceremony. (laughs) (laughs) So (laughs) it was like I didn't want to be a comic. My dream, I moved to Hollywood to be an actress. That was my dream. You were on Friends. Yeah, I was an extra, you guys. You were on the
0: season finale of Love Inc.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I said three things on season finale of Love Inc. before all of UPN was canceled. Come on now. Yeah. No, no, I didn't want to be a comic. So it took me a while because i would fight it like people would ask me hey do you want to do my tuesday night at you know this club my wednesday here whatever Mm -hmm. this room and i would be like um okay like I, i didn't want to do it i was trying to be an actress even though nothing was happening for me in the acting world like i was getting no auditions no opportunities but i was like no i'm not a comic i'm an actress Sometimes I would go to open mics, but they would give me anxiety, so I'd be like, nah, I don't want to do it. And then I would stop doing it, but then I would go with my friends who I had just made in the comedy world to their shows. Right. And really, I only knew the Latino comics, so I would really only do, like, Refried Fridays, uh, The Improv, and, like, whatever other Latino show is out there. Yeah. Um, because those were the only guys I was meeting and making friends with, and... It was at a time, too, where I didn't know who I was as a comedian because I didn't even think I was a comedian. I would just show up and I would try to be who I thought people wanted me to be because I would see my friends go up who are super Latino, like, yeah, what's up? eh?" And, you know, all that kind of stuff. So then I would get on stage and I would try to talk like that, too, because I thought that's what they want to hear. You know, well, they killed it in talking like that. So let me go up there and do that, too. And so I think that's how I started, but then I, I the more I would get on stage and I, I started to learn myself and be honest with myself and who I really was, and it wasn't really till I accepted the fact that I was a comedian that I really started to hone in on my own voice and perspective and point of view while I'm on stage, um, and I think that day came... Yeah, what was, um, the, what
0: was the first time you accepted... <laughs>
1: I accepted this call.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) The calling of (sighs) comedy.
1: Yeah. I was, somebody found me on MySpace and they said, hey, we're doing a big um, holiday party. Do you want to come perform at it? Mm-hmm. And um this is the nail salon video had just started blowing up on YouTube. So people started seeing it. And that's how people were messaging me on, on MySpace. And um this guy was like, yeah, it's a big, huge Mormon event. Mm-hmm. Do you want to come perform at it? I was like, uh, well, I'm not Mormon. And they're like, no, it's okay. You don't have to be Mormon. We're just getting some comedians to come perform. I'm like, okay, sure. Right. So... I go to this event. There's like six other comics and they're like, yeah, it's going to be like a comedy competition and all the kids are going to vote. So, you know, you could win. Whoever wins gets like some prize money, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I ended up tying for first place with another comic. And so we split the prize money and I got $600. That was the most money I had ever earned in one day. It blew my mind that I was capable of earning $600 in one day. At that moment, I was like, huh, maybe I'll be a comedian. Maybe I'll try this thing then. And that's when I really started changing my perspective and was like, okay, well, this acting thing isn't really cracking for me, so let me write some more jokes.
0: Right. So how did Mad TV come about then?
1: Um, so the, in short, the longest story of all time, um, 2007 was the year that changed my life. Um, I had no money to my name. I had no agent. I had no auditions. I had nothing in my life saying, hey, you're on the right track. Keep going. Like all my unemployment checks had already run out. I was done with that. So there's really no reason for me to be staying in LA trying to be an actor. I was about to be living in my car. Um, and it was right around this time when this nail salon video started blowing up 2007. So from January to February, there was 4 million views on this one video and,
0: but you couldn't monetize videos yet,
1: uh, would you by then? I don't know. I didn't even put it up. Somebody else put it up. So okay. even if you could monetize, mm-hmm. it would be somebody else, you know?
0: Because now YouTube stars.
1: Are freaking millionaires. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Just kidding.
0: <laughs> um, I don't need to tell you. <laughs>
1: uh, I wish I could have monetized those videos. Uh, so anyway, 4 million views, this one video. My MySpace page starts blowing up. All kinds of people all over Hollywood start messaging me. I didn't have an agent, so nobody knew how to get a hold of me. So they would send their assistants to message me. Hey, I'm the assistant to so-and-so at the CW Network, so-and-so at MTV, so-and-so at this network. Mm -hmm. And everybody wanted to meet with me because they saw this nail salon video. So I started taking these meetings. And so by March, I had met with every network in Hollywood, all these executives, um, all these producers. Um, I ended up getting a new agent. Um, I got a manager by May. They got me an audition for mad TV. I had never done sketch comedy before. That wasn't really my thing, but they said, we need you to come up with three original characters and Mm -hmm. three celebrity impressions. Why? I'd never gone to sketch school. I didn't do the groundlings or Iowa West. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how to do that, so but I did have my twelve minutes of stand up comedy where I talk about my grandma and my grandpa, I talk about my sister, I talk about this person, that person, so I ended up taking the stories that I said about them and I made them actual characters. Okay. So I said, This is my grandpa. And then I would just do him as a character. And then I said, This is I auditioned with Bon and I said, This is my sister. She wants to be a rapper. And so then I gave him Bon And then I went on YouTube and I was like, if I were gonna be playing a celebrity, who would I be? Probably Jennifer Lopez, maybe Paul Abdul, who was hot at the time on Mm -hmm. American Idol, and Rosalind Sanchez, who was on Cold Case at the time, or without a trace, one of those shows. I think
0: Uh, without a trace. Without
1: a trace, yeah. And so I ended up watching YouTube clips of them, and I just started mimicking them, what Mm -hmm. I saw. And so I auditioned with those three celebrity impressions and those three characters, and then I ended up booking the show. And then Bonquiqui was born on TV. So that was by May. And then I ended up writing more material by the end of the year. So 2007 was the year that changed my life. January had nothing, no money in my bank account, no agent, no opportunities, nothing in my life saying, you're on the right track, keep going, to the end of the year when I was on Mad TV as a cast member and I was touring the country now with my stand-up comedy that I didn't even know I was going to be a stand-up comedian. So it was that year that just changed everything for me. And then you did me.
0: Montreal. And
1: I did Montreal 2008, I think it was. That's
0: where I met you. Was
1: yeah. yeah, I think that, that was the following year. And Eliza was there. That's where I met Eliza as well. Yeah. And um, that's where it all started.
0: What what kept you going through that hard patch?
1: Um, honestly, a couple things. One, I really felt like God was telling me he wasn't done yet. Like, I felt it in my spirit. I felt it in my heart. I really felt like every time I'd be like, well... There's nothing going right here, so it's time for me to go home. I felt like a calm over me that was just like, no, just stay. Mm -hmm. Just stay a little while longer. I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. I just, like, kept hearing that. So I stayed for that reason. And then also my sister would send me money to pay my rent, and she would send me gift certificates to the grocery store so that I could go get food to eat. And so she really helped me to stay and pursue my dream. And then next thing you know, it just popped off.
0: Yeah, it's crazy because you weren't even you didn't even stay on Mad T V that long.
1: No. One season. And and, it was the same season as a writer's strike.
0: And then, you know, take like uh Keegan Michael Key and Jordan Peele. They were on Man T V for a long time. Yeah. It took them the next show years later. Right. Key and Peele for them to blow up. Yeah. You were on there for a minute. You and never one, know. And <laughs> one sketch. One sketch. And now that sketch has you in a tour bus. Yeah, with the 14 people.
1: is that not unreal?
0: You're going to perform in concert tonight.
1: As this which character.
0: is amazing to me, but you've been doing this for over a year now, the the con- yeah, we the Pearl Concert year. Tour.
1: Yeah, last year we started. It's unreal. She got a record deal. My character got a record deal with Warner Brothers Records. Yeah. She's not even a real person. No. But she got a record deal. Meanwhile, I can't book anything. <laughs> Angela's struggling but bonque's we, on fire.
0: But in a way that means you're a true actress. Thank you're you. playing you're playing I receive it. <laughs> you're this is a character. Yeah. Who is adored by
1: lots of people. Lots of people. <laughs> <laughs> That's so crazy, yeah. Just to hear you put it that way. This was one sketch got me on a tour bus. Yeah. And in perform it's unreal. It's really Unreal. we were just talking earlier about perspective and constantly just realigning our perspective with the truth of what's happening what you just said like that's the truth of it because we sometimes we get tempted as as you know artists or whatever industry you're in we get tempted to be in a place where we can complain because things aren't the way we want them in that moment or they could be better or maybe we're comparing ourselves to somebody else who th- who looks like they have it better than we do and and you start um devaluing what you have and what you're working on in your own life, but then when you start realigning your perspective with the truth of what it is and, like, hearing you say that is just such a good reminder of, like, oh, my gosh, I am so blessed and so, like, overwhelmed with the love that i've received for this character and it's an honor that i get to do this character because sometimes i'll get in that place where i'm so tired of it i'm like oh my god i don't want to do this character anymore <laughs> but then i go in front of an audience of thousands of people that are like we love bunk queen and, and it's a good reminder of like oh that's right i do what i do for you not right. for me
0: i mean you could be guest hosting man tv
1: yeah, <laughs>
0: since it's coming back.
1: Oh, that's right. That's right. Maybe I could.
0: Hmm. I'm sure they'd want you.
1: Um. Hey, hey, everybody. Uh.
0: <laughs> so, what is, who was the last person or last thing you've read that's, offered you great
1: advice? Hmm. Great, advice. Right. It could
0: be from one of your texties. It could be. Something you read?
1: Um, well, you know what? We, this just popped up in my time hop like yesterday or the day before um, the app that shows you what you posted like years right. past. And last year around this time, I performed at the Ryman in Nashville. It's, you know, beautiful yeah. historic theater. And right across the street, Kevin Hart was performing at the arena. <laughs> and so I sold out the Ryman and was like, yeah suckers and then across the street kevin hart sold out the arena twice an early show and a late show at the arena yeah killed it right so um he invited us to the show we were able to watch him and just be amazed at what he's doing next level stuff with his show right. and afterwards he took the time to just sit with me and talk to me about what i'm doing and and he was just advice advising me on my social media and how I'm connecting with my, my fans. And I love the way he does it. You watch him and he's constantly talking to his fans and, and doing what he does for his fans and reminding them that he does this for them. And, um, yeah, we were just able to talk just a lot about just business stuff and just inspiring stuff. And, um, I, I'm inspired by watching him and then also scared by watching him just as, as, How hard as he works, it's scary to watch. It's like, whoa, I'm exhausted watching your Snapchat right now.
0: It's crazy. Well, maybe he needs to slow down on Snapchat.
1: No, I I mean, just in life, in general, (laughs) I'm like, how do you... He must function off 30 minutes of sleep. Like, he must function off a nap. That's how hard he works.
0: How often do you nap?
1: Oh, I need eight hours of sleep. So, that's probably why I'm still right here. So, Why well, I'm at the Ryman and he's at the arena.
0: Okay, so Kevin give you advice on interacting with fans. So when you do, whether it's on social media or you're doing a meet and greet, uh, when one of those fans asks you for advice, what's the first thing you tell them?
1: My first piece of advice is always do you and do you well. Whatever it is that you're good at that you love to do, do that and just do it well. Be the best you because there is no other you. There's only one you. So that's always my first piece of advice. Do you and do you well.
0: <laughs> well, thanks for, for taking some time with me in between naps and, oh, you're and concerts. <laughs> <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> This episode of The Comics Comic Presents Last Things First was produced by Alex Brazell at Showbiz Studios. Theme music by Camille Harris and Shockwave. Logo by Gigglechick. Chick. Please check out my website, thecomicscomic.com for more interviews, reviews, and comedy news. Become a paid subscriber at patreon.com. I'm your host, Sean O. McCarthy. Thanks for listening.
1: things first.